Hello and welcome to The Ball Bags, a weekly podcast breaking down all the news from the United Rugby Championship, the NFL, the English Premier League, the NBA and the wide world of sport. Hello and thanks very much for tuning into the final episode of season two of the Ball Bags podcast. Unfortunately, the bottom feeder, Atlee, couldn't be with us. He has been drawn down with a case of the baby back bitches. Um, but I am delighted to be joined by the coach. How are you, mate? Ever dependable. Good? Uh, look, I've been better. I feel like that. that's a lot lately. I think yeah. I think my form possibly replicates... I think it replicates... My form kind of goes ahead with like Liverpool's form, but it shouldn't because I'm not like that. I'm not, I'm not passionate. Kind of, I don't feel like I get dragged into stuff. But yeah, it's been a tough couple of weeks as a Liverpool fan. But anyway, mate, 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 there was there was there was a there was a time in our podcast career where you were fully invested in Rangers season just because of who was over. Yeah. So you do get you do yeah. get drawn in. <laughs> yeah. There was that time. Yeah, look, it was a bit disappointing night last night. Probably feeling a little bit sorry for myself. A little bit too much dizzy water. Um, but, yeah, look, look, we're coming to the end of a long slog. Um, it'd be nice to get a break, get the sun on the skin yeah. and rejuvenate. But yeah, what about yourself? How are you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm alright. I didn't have a great weekend either. Obviously, Leinster lost, and I might say the Raiders as well. You know, well they lost as well. So, um, didn't have a great weekend sports wise. But look, I just thought they were great games. Did you think? Did um, you think the Champions League final? I'd say that's the. I thought it was a lot. I thought it was very tense. Yeah, I thought from a neutral's point of view, it was a good game. The first half for nil all was brilliant. Okay. Um. But yeah, look, we'll get to all that mm. later. But to kick us off, get the juices flowing. It's only going to be a quick podcast this one, folks, so stick with us. The Player of the Week in association with our good friends, usasports.co.uk. Just click the link in the podcast description to peruse the wide variety of American sporting parallel. It's getting hot. It's getting sunny. Maybe you want a nice little singlet, a nice little basketball jersey for the summer months. Who knows? Um, but look, coach, who was your player of the week and why? Yeah, unfortunately, my player of the week was Thibaut Courtois. Um, I think if you look back at the game last night, and you know, as you said, it was a good game for the neutral. Courtois pulled out some amazing saves. Um, particularly if you look at the stats and just the sheer amount of chances Liverpool had um, on target and off target. But I think um, Madrid had two two chances, scored one, or two on target, scored one. You know, he he definitely deserved it. Like he was he was next level. Yeah, nine saves record since most saves saves since two thousand four. Um, Champions League final. Read that this morning. You know he was good. He features heavily in this episode. I can tell you. Um, he may also be in the. Uh, have you seen this? Who's but, your player to beat? Um, yeah, mine. It's 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 in a, in a vein similar to yourself. Yeah. It's Ron O'Gara. I just thought. Look, Leinster went obviously at the races yesterday. It was a poor performance from them. We'll get to that later. But I thought, yeah, happy for Raj. Three finals in a row. Um, good to finally get over the hump. Yeah, not much more to say. I think everyone was kind of happy for Raj. 
Um, so that's who I give my player of the week to. If you had to, oh, it's got to be Raj. One. It's got to be Raj because let's be honest, Courtois beat Liverpool. Um, it's been great, great for for Raj. Um, you, like couldn't be really happier for him. He, he deserved it. Yeah, fair. Fair. Um, with that in mind, we might kick into kind of a little yeah. bit. I was just going to cover just a quick synopsis of. Champions Cup final yesterday. Um, so look, obviously Leinster, obviously we would be Leinster men or whatever. Um, and we're rooting for them, but I think everyone was kind of happy for Raj. Um, and it was, a, it was it was that was a tenth game too. Yeah. Um, Paddy Power took all of my money. All of it. You couldn't. Was there a lot? Too bad. Don't bet and stay in school, yeah, kids. Sure. Yeah, don't know. Bad, bad, um, um, very, very tense. Yeah, it was. It was. Plus. It was actually. You know, it was a good game. It was. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> obviously, the parallels between the picture that's been doing the rounds a lot has been thirteen years ago, <coughs> the Leinster yeah. Monster semi-final in the Aviva. Um. Sexton could be Sexton's last chance to win a Heineken Cup. You think you maybe make it one more crack at it? Um, if Roger was the man to deny him putting that fifth star on the Leinster jersey, giving him mind he's been involved in all of them, yeah, would be kind of a nice, nice end for Roger. I do think what it did potentially answer for us as Irish fans is something you've chatted about a long for a long time is that Roger maybe is the next Irish manager and seems well fit to do it should he choose to. And that's the thing, I think he does actually have a choice. It's a strange one where I actually think the ball is in his court. Like, if he someday turned around and wanted to do it, I don't see anyone stopping him. But also, I don't know if you noticed yesterday, oh, sorry, a little bit of an off-topic, but the atmosphere in that stadium was brutal. It was, there was a lot of empty seats. Well, see, it, it was a trek, not just for Irish fans, but for... Start, like you'd say Star- La Rochelle uh, La Boom La Rochelle like they're French but they're they're not east of France it's like a small part of France it's mm. not a huge area you also wonder about like they're kind of four years in the top 14 um, five years ago they were in Pro D2 which is the second division so they've kind of had a, meti- a meteoric rise have they risen too quickly to have that kind of long standing fan base like I think if Toulouse were in that final Toulon are in that final you go back years ago Perpignan Biarritz if they're mm-hmm. in that final fan base is, is, is largely bigger um, but look talk, take nothing away from now what I would say is while the atmosphere disappointed I thought the pitch and the stadium mm-hmm. they were immaculate for a final it's a funny one actually because just mentioning there like oh, it's a massive world sports scheduling problem there they, oh, the same weekend like I know people that went to the Leinster game and that and the routes they had to take were kind of crazy like considering you should be able to fly to France relatively easy from Dublin um, yeah people going to Eindhoven and just you know different places to get down to it to have a Champions League final two European Rugby Cup finals and you know the Monaco Grand Prix all on one weekend in one country it seems a bit bizarre yeah now the only thing I would say is the the rugby finals were obviously decided to be in France yeah. a long time yeah. before the Champions League final was decided to be and that was 
very much a decision that was taken out mm. of their hands. It was like, where can we host this? Where would have the infrastructure to host this on short notice? And then was decided Paris. Now we can mm. get to that later. That probably has proven to be not a great decision. But look, the, um, yeah, on, on, the, on the game itself, or well, we had a debate last night. Um, as in, I suppose my circle of friends is a lot of, there's a mix of Leinster and Munster fans. Um, and the debate was over, you know, how much credit can Raj take for this? For the last kind of four or five years, like in my opinion, that like, you can take an awful lot because I my my argument was that they were kind of saying, no, it's John O'Gibbs. He assembled this team. Yeah, okay, he might have put them together as a director of rugby, but Rogers head coach at that point as well. Like he's delivered, he's delivered the style of play. I think it's a combination of three factors. I think it's a combination mm. of three factors. So they spent quite well in that. Like they bought in Will Skelton. They've bought in these big name players. John O'Gibbs. You argue kind of a man who had a nightmare Champions Cup final last year was brilliant for them again um, last night in IA West. Now he was kind of like an MPC or a, like a domestic rugby player in New Zealand and kind of had played a bit of super rugby but he was no great shake and he's been brilliant for La Rochelle. So that probably goes to John O'Gibbs and kind of scouting that talent mm. and bringing him to La Rochelle. And then you look at players they have that are now in the French squad that weren't in the French squad when they broke out with kind of La Rochelle and like uh, Dante and stuff like that in the centres and stuff like that. But it's a combination of all three. They obviously have had, I don't know the full story, but they've obviously had a colossal cash injection to sign these big name players. John O'Gibbs is obviously doing a brilliant job. He, There was kind of raps on him at, at Ulster. He'd done a brilliant job. And then Ron Nogara is probably a bit of a coach in Savant at this stage, having spent the time in the places he spent. Like, he spent a lot of time in Christchurch, obviously, yeah. centre of excellence that is Canterbury Crusaders. Like, they're always there or thereabouts. So, it, I think it's a three prong, pronged attack, um, and it's worked quite well for La Rochelle. The question is, how sustainable is it? If it is largely based on that cash injection, are they going to rise and kind of almost have a Toulon-esque fall yeah look it's funny if they, if they can manage to keep it sustainable it'll be excellent because the, it's a funny one though because how do you keep a club of, of that size sustainable like it's not as if they're in a huge city which can gain new fans for example they're in a very small exactly. town I suppose is the best way to say it yeah like we've seen we've seen clubs like that before um, especially in France like I don't know if you remember years ago we used to have mm. uh, Bourguin used to always play Leinster like they're a, like a small remote village but they were doing really well in the top 14 and they never really went anywhere um, but then you've also seen sides fall like Perpignan are in the Pro D2 still I think they've had a massive fall from race Biarritz are not the side they once were Toulouse are always there or thereabouts like they just they're a bit of a factory um, a lot of people said once Guinovez moved on they wouldn't be the same but they're fine Toulon kind of had mm -hmm. that rise and then fall Toulon's a bit it, 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 it's a town it is a like a big-ish town but it's a town nonetheless um, and in the grand sporting landscape you look at kind of leagues it's, it's cities that support major franchises not towns Burnley versus Manchester uh, for example so I don't know how sustainable it is really to be honest which I think 
you look at like say you like of a Claremont model which it's a small area but they're backed by Michelin tires so they're backed yeah. by wealthy families yeah yeah no it's interesting it's interesting you know you come back to to Leinster <clears throat> yesterday they, f- they didn't have enough in the tank did they like they I thought Hugh O'Keane had a really really poor game Um a lot of them did. Um, the only one of note really was thankfully awarded the European Player of the Year and Josh Van de Flyer because he definitely deserves it. Touching moment actually, he got um, the award was given to him by obviously the late great Anthony Foley and his two mm. sons. I don't know if you've seen the picture. Um, it's a picture, you try to find it out, and basically it's the youngest son, Josh Van de Flyer, Axel's wife, and then his eldest son, who's 16. He's the size of a man, and he's already played for Munchens, apparently. So, keep an eye out on him. 16, he's played first-team rugby. Nice. Some good genetics. Um, But, yeah, kind of nice to see. Um, And, look, I don't think Leinster would... They were off the boil. They didn't perform well. They'll take that on the chin, and they'll look to finish out the season with maybe a European title. Yeah. Do they care now though like the URC titles? I don't want to end something with silverware, I suppose. Glasgow and then look who who they have after that is I don't know. We'll see. Ulster have played some good rugby this season. Yeah. Um once have been a lot better since the whole round three announcement. Um the South African sides are gonna be dangerous. There was a thing the URC had kinda Okay, the rugby attention has left the Champions Cup. They got their posters, their social media posts in this morning. And what they did, they did post though, which is quite interesting. You wouldn't have thought this at the start of the season. In terms of North versus South, so all the Northern Hemisphere sides versus all the Southern Hemisphere sides. South Africa's killing it. They have 31 wins to 16. Wow, okay. So... South African sides have definitely come good and I think if you were a Leinster right now you'd be saying yeah no fuck it let's go win the first URC it's do you know what I mean it's, it's a chance to play a name yeah. in the history books I don't know why they wouldn't go after look, it I, yeah and they'll likely be at home the whole way through well they will obviously I know we, we spoke about it before but you look at the Leinster team that they put out or at various rounds of URC it has to be time that we either have a fifth province or let's invest in a club in England or uh. um, I actually think we need to redistribute talent um, so there's a stat up uh, one Leinster bet Munster comprehensively um, that some the young scrum half come on his name escapes and he was the 60th player to play for Leinster this season to have 60 players play first team rugby is too much yeah um, I know they're all being produced in Leinster. That's like that's fair. Like I'm not saying there's any cheating going on or whatever. But if you can get sixty players to play first level rugby in a season, you've too many. You're not doing them, the young fellas trying to come through any favors. I think the wealth may need to be redistributed. Do, could we do a draft style system in Ireland? Technically, we could. I mean, arguably, you could say the players aren't being produced by Leinster; they're being produced by the school yeah. systems. Yeah. Of which, of which case, 
Connacht is the weakest school system. And then it's probably head-to-head head head for... And it's not the Ulster school system, it's the Belfast school system. And then the Munster school system. So, yeah, you probably could look at maybe a draft system or maybe just look to get more players involved. Like, you look at, say, mm. Ross and Harry Bourne. Now, I'm not a huge fan of Ross Bourne. And it, it's probably it's too late now because Ben Healy seems to be kind of coming through at Munster, but... If Harry Bourne was this great big shake, why wasn't he sent to Munster? Why wasn't he sent to Connacht? Like, why is he not... I get the competitive edge and stuff like that, but if the RFU has the control, they do. Why are they not trying to get their players playing is there not top-level talent? Is that not kind of a disrespectful thing going, well, he was not good enough for Leinster, let's send him to Connacht, because they're muck, effectively. No? If... <sighs> Maybe it is. Um, it may, maybe you're right, to be fair. Now, when, when I hear it said back to me, uh, it seems strange. But I, I just think Leinster have too many players. Or maybe, like, do you allow at 17 years of age when schools rugby games are happening, should Connacht or Ulster or whatever be coming to watch Dublin school games and going and offering them deals there and then? But why, why stop there? Why stop there? Why just Sorry, yeah, like, but you know I mean? like, like why, why? You know the way it is in in Dublin. You got your Michaels and your Blackrock players, whatever. And they go into Leinster Academy. Well, why not offer them academy spaces in other provinces before Leinster get there? Fair. But um, I suppose how do you how do you make that? Space I'd imagine. I'd imagine it's a lose lose situation. Or? I, well, for Connacht, like so, say Connacht, Munster, or Ulster, for example, are down watching. Terenio versus Michaels and kind of come in and like here look really, really thought you were brilliant really love to help develop you here um, can you come can you get involved with Connacht Academy and they're like mm. well I'm doing my leaving sir so I'm not going to commit to that um, and then they win a senior cup well and then they go well look here's contact for you Dublin or Galway Dublin or Galway Dublin or Galway I can still go to UCD and see if the lens thing works out or I can go <coughs> to NUAG and see if the kind of thing works out and I think if you're a Dublin lad you're probably going to stick with lens because you would have to imagine the second and third rate players in, in Dublin private schools or whatever you want to call it lens schools would be probably better than the first string version in Connacht like and that's I don't know what's the coaching investment you know um, I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily true, um, because if that was the case, Leinster would never have signed Robbie Henshaw. He's is he the enigma though? Do you know is what I mean? Like, like there is. Is he the? No, no. I, I just think we. I just think we we do produce good rugby players all over the country. I just think it's, it's a harder slog for them. Um, well, it's competitiveness, isn't it? If you're playing at a higher level every week, it's like that saying, you know, okay, which is play like shit, so. Yeah, it's 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 the numbers in in Leinster versus numbers elsewhere, um, and that's why the majority of monster players come from Limerick and Cork. So there's not a lot of Tipperary rugby players, and mm. there has been one or two, but there's not a lot. It, one thing I found yesterday when we come back to that kind of the depth and players and all sort of stuff is Ross Brown was he kind of Ronald Arrow's secret weapon? Like I mean, do Leinster have a, also? 
Du Lancer har også problem med tænd. Jeg kommer med over. I think Lancer and Ireland have a problem with that. Yeah, like I, I think two years ago, 18 months ago, we probably should have, I say we, Lancer probably should have invested more into, um, what's his name, Ginger Center. Occasionally plays a 10. Frawley, yeah, I actually thought he has it in him. You know, he, he doesn't have to kick from the tee. He doesn't have kicking to kick from the tee. His kicking game is, yeah, but his kicking game is in control of the game. is poor. Is it stronger than Ross Byrne, though? I don't rate it. He's anyone stronger than Ross Byrne. But then the other thing is, no, I I've never rated him. Like I would put Billy Barnes above Ross Byrne. Well, it's e- mate. It's easy when you're in a side as dominant as Leinster mm. been a patch. I think I could do a job in the in the ten there. Like, yeah, I think oh, Stephen Hawking could do a job at ten sometimes. Some some days when Leinster are playing, like it's just it's. Like when Lens are playing like the Dragons and no disrespect to the Dragons, the Dragons fans, like and they've been pumped. Like, how can you look bad at fly off? The answer is you probably can't. Uh, and maybe that's a bit it's a bit of a disrespectful comment, but I just think Yeah, right. Another thing came from conversation last night and it's off. Well it's kinda of Leinster. But Carby never should have made that move to ten. That's that was the that the beginning of the end of his career. He was a better 15 all day long. Whether he liked it or not. It's like telling that kid that at you know, 12 years of age, you want to be a striker and you want to be Ronaldo or Messi or whatever. That's fair enough. But you're actually six foot two and you're a little bit of a lump and you're a stocking. So play centre back and you'll make it as a national international. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's someone, no one sat down and had I that tough I wonder how much of that decision was his. <sighs> I wonder how much that he's, decision Because he's by was far his. a better 15 than he is at, at out half. Hmm. Hmm. back to what I said years ago. Should never have let Ian Madigan leave the country. Yeah. It's probably too late for him now. But it's definitely too late for now. What's he? 34? Yeah. Probably. And I know he came back to, back to Ulster. And the, f- the first two two years he's back yeah. at Ulster, he was decent. Um, but I don't know what we're going to do. I think it could be a darker the, year. The sorry state of affairs is our second best 10 will never play for Ireland again. On, on form, the second best Irish 10 is playing in the Guinness Premiership and... We'll never play for Ireland again. His name cannot be mentioned. Um, I think you have him rated what? way too highly. The second best hand in this country is Jack Carty in the sports game. I'd say it's close. Okay, maybe he's third best. The third but he's best definitely one, better yeah. than what Leinster we'll have. For, well, there's reasons for that. There's reasons for that, though. There's reasons for that. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll park there <laughs> because we don't want to lose the whole female family a season no all, all one of them um, yeah look I think that's my say on it look it was a poor like it was a bad day for Leinster obviously but as an Irish rugby fan you do have to be a little bit happy what for happens next season for our four provinces four. in terms of Europe well, Connacht, you want to go out and give an absolute rattle into the Challenge yeah. Cup. I would like to reserve comment on Munster until I see how they handle the off-season. Ulster are at the precipice. They're about to start slowly sliding down. I think down. round three at Munster is, is good. I think we had this discussion but I don't think he's going to turn it around 
drastically. I think it'll be a long slog. An upward, upward trajectory, but it'll I, be a long time. I think he's the first man in a rebuild. But he's the, he's the right man to get Munster back to what their essence is. Like that Munster essence. Like say when they won the Heineken Cup in 2006, when they won the Heineken Cup in 2008, that like quintessential monsterness. That fight, the, mm. you know, stand up and fight like men. That whole mentality and stuff like that. He's the perfect man because it's a similar mentality in Leicester to get them back. And then it's probably maybe mm. someone, and I don't I don't want to be like discrediting Graham Trenton because I do think he's a good coach. But I think it's maybe someone a little bit more astute who's going to come in on the back of that and bring them back. Um, to kind of like a perennial mm-hmm. powerhouse in Europe you're obviously always afraid of playing Munster in Europe as Toulouse very well known and they, they get beaten by Leinster but I think Munster took an awful lot out of them and look, I think I think Munster won't be far off the pace for much longer Ulster or more Munster sorry and then you, you mentioned Ulster Munster, on the slide you reckon Munster. I think that yeah, I think they've kind of hit the precipice. Uh, there's a few players already looking at leaving this year. There's a few players who probably have they need to get rid of. Like I think Rob Herring's pretty much done. So Hooker's a key position for Ulster. How they play their rugby. Um, Cooney is is mm-hmm. getting on. And look, that they, they have fast like they've some fantastic back back players and like James Hume I really rate obviously Robert Balakuna is going to steal some headlines and Mickey Lowry I'm a huge fan of he plays 10 kilos heavier than he but actually yeah, is I know they just don't have it they, that, they're great they're players and yeah. if you put one in Leinster like you put a Lowry in Leinster or you put a Balakuna in Leinster they're superstars but playing in that system and that squad I'm not sure. You're relying on Billy Barnes and John Cooney. Yeah, and who who can have very off days? Who can be very Cooney can be very very good or just mediocre. Yeah, asking Billy Barnes. Asking Billy Barnes to be fair to him, maybe not in an Irish jersey, but in an Ulster jersey, he has days where he is unreal. Like they play the Sharks, um, final game of the regular season to try and I think to jump up the rankings or whatever, and Billy Barnes was on was on that night and he was brilliant is there anything do you think any of the Leinster boys could move north in, in, from a 10 point of view I'm saying now yeah. like Johnny's got another year you've got Ross Harry how many have you got behind that well like, like here's, the, here's the thing like like we were we were sold as fed lies at the start of the season that Harry Byrne was Ireland 10 incumbent he made a few Irish squads he hasn't played yeah, thanks for Leinster go for that. and from what I've <laughs> And from what I've seen, well he, well, he was still picked in the Irish squad in the November Internationals. He didn't play in, but he was in that squad. So it's obviously a well-held yeah. opinion, but I haven't seen it. And now I'm just a schmuck with a mic, but I don't know. If if he is the Zaire incumbent, surely he needs to at least be the second choice, Leinster fly half, at which point Ross Bourne probably should move on. Yeah. Given the age he is, the experience he has, and what he wants for the rest of his career, he probably if he plays up in, but I don't, I don't see, see that happening either. But if he did play up in Ulster, it's a it's a nice place to play with probably without with a little less pressure, um, in terms of what's expected, um, and might build up the confidence nicely for for the for the Irish shirt. But maybe yeah, maybe, maybe we should move on. Um, 
So in terms of where they end up, Ulster, did they even get out of the group? Next. In Champions yeah. Cup next year. Yeah, we need to see what the group is. It's the, it's the be all. There could be in a could be in a group with the Ospreys and Bennett and low enough for French side and I'd be saying okay. And then We've got a chance. Leinster finalists again next year. You think? Uh, I last think chance. Semi semi finalists, yeah, as good as, yeah. Don't jinx them around that, but I would say, I'd be expecting them to at least make the semis. Hey, look, while we're here, we might say, what do you think of the summer internationals? They're always yeah. strange, aren't they? I think the the rugby public here definitely kind of switches off, and then all these yeah, Ireland are playing New Zealand in the morning. Yeah, strange. Like, nice half seven start uh, to watch the Ireland uh, All Yeah, dirty fry and a leftover can from the night before. Um, whereas we're very much tuned in for the November internationals, and I, I think I, enough, just the way things have gone back end of the season, that three nil to the All Blacks. I think I don't see us getting one. I don't know. Like you could be right. I mean, history would suggest you are bang on the money. Summer internationals are always always hard because your players are coming off the mm. end of a season. So anyone that's been injured is injured. Anyone that has has a requirement to get surgery is going to get it done instead of probably going to summer internationals because of the limited time they have. Um, but I, I give us a chance of getting one. Give us a chance of getting one. Not only we win the series, but good chance of winning that test be good to shut the All Blacks up saying that we've never haven't come in 12 years or something like that so yeah but look why don't we uh, we wrap the rugby chat up there now there's another final I think we have to at least mention another final to mention the playoff final yeah no mm. another one last night oh, oh that one yeah, look, it was um, for the neutral like yourself, possibly a good final. For a Liverpool fans like myself, I think um, it was poor. First half wasn't too bad. Second half was poor from a Liverpool point of view. Um, Courtois was outstanding. Um, look, it seems as though Mane's gone. It looks like uh, Fabrizio Romano reporting today that it's done, he's finished. Um, although Manny did say last night that he owes the fans a Champions League, which I thought was a strange comment to make given that the um, the situation um, that he's in. Look, I think we do have to cash in on one of them because I feel like we're going to lose one of them for free. When I say one of them, I mean Salah or Mane. Um, I do think we do need to cash in on one of them because of the club, that working class money, that American money. Um, so now is the time is probably right to move on out. I just fear that we might be moving on the wrong one because I think Salah looks like he's starting to dip a little bit. I think he might have had his peak. I think I'd cash in on really, both. Yeah. Because both are at maximum value. You're also having Rand City very close in the Premier League. And having lost in a Champions League final, you're at your maximum kind of attractiveness to players. Yeah, but to Salah Mane thing, you're right, yes and no. Is there value at the top because they've only got 12 months left up? So 
because they got 12 months on the deals it's kind of like to get maximum value I think if you sign one of them now on a three year uh, by all by all accounts Salah wants more in terms of the length of deal and that's why it hasn't been signed I think it was it said he wanted four years or something like that whereas Liverpool you know the way they have this signing thing when you're 30 years of age and yeah, they, they don't want to all that sort of stuff but if you get Salah on a four year now and there's a similar run next season I think his top value is the end of next year and his his form just doesn't Mane has better form going, in, going into the window um, the only thing I would say is by sending Mane apparently to Bayern Munich there's other players there that you, you know you, you probably like the likes of Leroy Sané would be a good addition if you, there was a deal to be struck uh, that's the other option Gnabry I think poor at Arsenal um, young young at Arsenal um, who did he go to then didn't he have another stint in the Premier League someone no full alone yeah um, but he seems to come full circle now and be alright now the other thing for Liverpool is you've obviously got to fit Luis Diaz in you've got to fit Fabio Cavallo in um, and that's and that's with Jota and Firmino battling out there too like that's if Firmino stays I could definitely see Bobby heading off to Barcelona or something like that um, would he go Barca or would he go back to Brazil I don't see him going back to Brazil I think he's too young I don't see him in a Barca shirt maybe not a Barca shirt anyway um, maybe Syria maybe he could stay I think he he's, he was unfortunately here with injury and Jota did have a good spell early to mid season but he had a wrong time yeah for Jota had a really bad dip before him last month two months it's been poor it's, he's been poor um, but uh, interesting times definitely interesting times um, yeah the final though yeah look it's it's disappointing I th- I th- there was one thing that really stood out that I had a problem with was we got a free kick 95th minute and the referee blew for full time on an attacking free kick which I thought was very very strange particularly given that Madrid had a similar free kick in the 92nd minute and took 90 seconds to take it Um, you're always going to get that but to stop at 95 after two very pretty long stoppages in that 5 minute additional time I thought was poor I think his performance overall was quite poor Um. Yeah, the referee. Oh, I disagree entirely. I thought the referee was really? brilliant. And I'm not just saying yeah, that yeah. To, to rub salt in the wounds or anything. No, I thought, I thought he ref that. He let like just he enough did goal. Enough, mm. Like I also would have said the Benzema goal probably should have. It stood. was very. T- I understood why it wasn't given, and if it was the other end, I'd be I'd be spitting f- flames. But That's I could see why it wasn't like, given, just, like because the momentum of the initial pass was from the Madrid player, whereas Benzema was in an offside position when that was touched. That's. The, if that make if 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 the intention yeah, of the Liverpool well, player was an intentional pass, then but then it was knocked, enough. it was knocked forward by a Liverpool player and then knocked back by a Liverpool player. There's two deflections. So it was yeah, like how yeah, far, yeah. how far back do we go? Like, but neither you know? neither the touch from a Liverpool yeah. player was deliberate. If you like, I think that was the piece, wasn't it? Like yeah, which I, I also think Becker was on the dizzy water yeah. as well. Like he had a couple of spells there where he came out of the box and you're kind of thinking, what is he doing? He has about one one a game, right. but last night he had two, and that one for that one I don't know if you noticed the knee that he got on the ball. I just thought, how did he manage to even anyway? Was there an element of fatigue? In it looked, it didn't. It it, it looked, like it looked like a team that played every minute of football, <laughs> which it was. Like they've played every yeah. minute. There's also 
look the pre-match issues a lot of those a lot of Liverpool players I, I'd seen interviewed Andy Robson just mm. springs to mind had all mentioned that their families were involved in yeah. the issues outside how much they knew was different so like we, we don't know how much they knew well Andy Robertson knew going into the right, game okay. his brother had called him mm. or sent him a text or something like that so he knew going into the game now I didn't think he was bored to be honest with Andy Robertson I thought he Trent had a shocker. Shocker. delivery was really bad deep, deep. I think he hit the front, front man on the corners delivery was poor he was a fall for a goal yeah so yeah that Trent which is not like Trent to be fair and I, look I'll be I'll be honest here I'm obviously not a uh, Liverpool fan a neutral fan I felt very sorry for Liverpool because the football they mm. played this year not to disrespect the competitions but to only have an FA Cup and a League Cup I thought was undeserving um, regardless of what you want to say and stuff like that they are the two lesser yeah. of the four trophies on play and I thought they deserved one of the bigger two do you I know we, we spoke about last week do you still think they overachieved I think um, I think they overachieved in the premiership race given how far yeah. back they were was it late November I keep saying Christmas Four, but 14 I think points they behind kind of that point. closed I think they closed the, the, the gap over like by the time we got to Christmas they like not completely but yeah. they had sizably put it into it so I think I think in terms of the premiership race when you look back on it and say if they nick a result against Spurs yeah they're champions yeah and the season is seen um, as a roaring success yeah and even if they lose that Champions League final you're like and ultimately if they'd won the Premier League I think they would have won the Champions League I think just the momentum of that and it's the, funny last night they didn't lose to Real Madrid they lost to Carlo Ancelotti if you look at the stats and the way it were, that's what it was like it, all credit to them by the way I'm, I'm not saying like that's football it's football there's yeah. many ways to skin a cat like and all that sort of stuff but it was just to be fair and, and then Courtois with the saves like you can't allow for that you just can't like just the, the, the one off the forearm and the one off the post you know yeah I, I, I don't know if Liverpool have, I know Klopp and that it's great to hear him after the game I don't know if you heard that one he's like where's the final next year Istanbul book the hotel Th- that, I thought that was great for fans so I I just don't know it, it's tough to get that energy back that like to have another season where you play every game you'd want to be going out of the FA Cup and the Carabao quite early Here's and here's another caveat to next season, which oh, we don't we know how it's yeah, going to affect. Yeah. We have a mid-season World Cup, like that's we just don't know what impact that's going to have on any side, particularly the top six. Yeah, we just don't know. Um, you would have to think. You would have to think. January will be West Ham's month. Yeah, probably. But here's another one for you as well. Is like just the concept of this is, are we set for the best January transfer window ever? Because on the back of a World Cup, mm. there's all these kind of mad signings. So are we gonna have the maddest January? Now that usually takes place over the course of summer, like. But for a single month, are we gonna have a bizarre January? It, the, like just the World Cup kicks off in what November is it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 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 and ends close to Christmas. So the Premier League starts fourth week of July. Third week of July this year, something. 
something crazy yeah, yeah it'll be interesting it's as you said I never thought about the transfer window side of it but if you're looking at those teams that have peripheral international players they're probably the ones you're going to look at in January going you know get your money on them to have a, a strong January um, or, the, or the you know the ones that don't have any internationals I suppose um, or have internationals but if you look at the, the, how, how the players of the African Cup of Nations were affected like Salah hasn't found form since he came back I don't think I think he's got no. one smoke and play or maybe twice um, and I would say Mane was good yeah but I wouldn't say he was yeah. his normal so you're looking at that for the whole league or for a lot of the league yeah and I actually have I would have be of the opinion that British players and Scandinavian players would be more harshly impacted yes. because of the heat yeah poor Scotland if they win, they, don't they play this week to get in against Ukraine? Yeah. So yeah, that'll be an interesting topic. Um. Um. But look, uh, Nelson on the. No, no, floor. nothing. We'll we, we go again. No. Go again. We go again. Um. Yeah. Look, I suppose. It's kind of we're finishing up the season. Um. Bottom Peter Adley can't be with us. He obviously had his debut episode of his new podcast Spray the Ball and I think I think it debuted somewhere at some, like number three on the Apple Basketball Ireland charts and he's partying like a rock star he thinks he is um, but I suppose it draws our attention to the other kind of programs and stuff that are on the mid-season slump obviously this would be the main feature but we do have the Irish NRL show Spray the Ball and we do have Huddles and Stout which is an NFL based podcast coming in early August so give the Instagram channel a, po- uh, a follow kind of see all the, the productions coming in terms of yourself coach what are you looking forward to most this summer a, a lot of the important action yeah uh, I was actually at the game myself on Friday night Rovers and Shells um, great to see Damien Duff back in the dugout um, great atmosphere just over 7,000 people so if that can be kept up for the summer and um, be fantastic looking forward to the hurling um, I'd like to see Wexford maybe give it a bash and um, don't think it's going to happen I think that's I'm away with the fairies there on that one. Can't wait to see Kerry pummel the dubs. Um, really looking forward to that. A bit of NFL preseason and college football. We'll be back. Very much looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, NBA finals. NBA finals. Be. Very nervous. Very nervous. Uh, then obviously have seen big big yeah, game seven tonight. Again, not able to stay up. Awkward time. They should consider. They should consider That's all the Celtics fans in Europe. Yeah, all the all the South Dublin. Yeah, guys. yeah. <laughs> the South Dublin. I don't know if you saw the Draymond basically. Green interview last night. Did you? About, they kind of asked him, you know, who you think you're gonna play. He's like, well, I know we're gonna play the Boston Celtics. I'll tell you, I know we're gonna play. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. He kind of a uh, little bit of a fire under. But it's not good for the Celtics. Um, it's definitely not good for the Celtics. He said that. That will give every Miami Heat player um, fuel, particularly. Well, it did. That was that was in the lead into game six. Um, you yeah, look, uh, my fears are kind of on the Celtics. Are they like this is after game five? I'd listen to Colin Cohart. It was game five? No, sorry, it was game four. And Colin Cohart had a stat that, and I mentioned this on the other podcast the other day. But the Celtics had won or drawn thirteen of the sixteen quarters, and the series was tied two two. They just they're very good they've 
a top three young player in the league who's probably in reality this what we're seeing from Jason Tatum is year one of prime so he will get better but it's going to be a more gradual increase but he's in his prime years and they just can't put sides to the sword they just can't put the foot on the throat which is, is, is a concern for me because it means they're going to be more fatigued haven't played more games it's very the very similar to Liverpool actually situation with the Celtics you know poor start of season to fall a good bit behind pedal to the metal then for a few months and I'm just worried that they might reach a burnout point tonight um, but we'll see Warriors are Warriors are like it's like watching the Toon the Toon squad isn't it like in, in Space Jam there's class <laughs> Well, they're since they got rid of Kevin Durant, they're very likable again. Yeah. As in, you, you can't really like Draymond Green's a trash talker, but he's actually kind of likable. So everyone kind of likes Steph, and everyone kind of likes Clay. Do you know that they're a very likable bunch? It. W- I. I don't know if anyone would want to see the Warriors in the Heat in the finals. I think everyone wants to see Celtics Warriors. <sighs> Stylistically, it's very interesting. Um whoever comes out of the East and the Warriors because neither of them are really going to play a similar mm-hmm. style to the Warriors this kind of long range shooting game because like if you look at the Celtics last two series they're very physical mm-hmm. series which is not how the Warriors play so it's going to be very interesting stylistically whoever they play obviously you're going to root for the Celtics but Miami Heat have it's just it's just it's been a strange series because they've just been yeah. blowout after blowout after blowout but yet the series is still tied three all it just doesn't make sense it um confusing series the, yeah it's just the heat just feel like a tourist attraction it's kind of like the Knicks in New York it's a tourist attraction it's there's no substance anymore there's an no, there's an organisation they're there and they've obviously won championships and they've had Wade and LeBron and, and Pat Riley and they've but it's just to... I don't know they're still the same GM and co- head coach as they did I think. yeah we'll see We'll see. Celtic screen. Yeah. I just hope. I'm just really worried about tonight. You you could have a stinker from Monday morning with this Jordan on top. <laughs> um, and I forget for this. I won't. I won't communicate with you. <laughs> Be half days all around. And then obviously the NRL as well. Like mate, the Irish NRL show as well, week on week, and then just loads of Aussie rugby league action. It's glorious. But look. Um, think the last thing to just touch on is uh, have you seen this I'm not going to give, give too much on it but it's a bit of a bizarre interview from Thibaut Courtois at the end the full time he kind of went a bit I don't know Richard Sherman in the NFL it's like put some respect on my name it was very very weird Um and that's all for me it's all for me thank you for listening all year round. Have a lovely summer and we'll see you in the early on. Hello.